Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. All right, we are back. Uh, you're looking, listening to McNamara on Money. Uh, today, uh, you're listening to Kirk Reed, and I am joined by Mr. Kurt Zarnowski, uh, social security uh, expert. Self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed, okay. Um, we, we have gotten a couple phone calls today, but we would love to get some more. 781-837-4900. Uh, we also have a separate line for texting, if you would prefer to text us to a question. And that number is 781-775-0116. Um, so before the break, uh, you know, we were, you know, we for a while we've been talking about, you know, when to collect Social Security uh, benefits. Uh, we could talk about that uh, forever because I mean there are very, you know, many options, many variables. Um, you know, and I th- but but I think one other thing that we need to throw in that we haven't touched on in terms th- that impacts your ability to collect is working. You know, people need to understand, and this is an area where you need to understand what your full retirement age is, because if you are under your full retirement age and continuing to work, you're limited in how much you can earn before it begins to impact your ability to collect Social Security benefits. So you could turn age 62 and say, I want to take my money, but you're still working full-time making $150,000 a year. And we'll talk about the specifics of the earnings test, but under full retirement age, you're limited in how much you can earn before it begins to impact your ability to collect. And in 2019, for example, this year you can make up to $17,640 
without any loss of benefits whatsoever. 17640 or less. Yeah, you can collect full payments every month of the year. But you make over that, doesn't mean you can't collect at all, but Social Security then starts to hold back $1 in benefits for each $2 that you're over. So what counts towards that? Well, it's earned income. Wages or net income from self-employment. Unearned income like a VA benefit or 401k distributions, bank interest dividends, that doesn't count. 17640 earned income or less you can collect every month. Excellent. All right, we do. We have a caller. Uh, can we go to Mary in Situate? Uh, hello, Mary. Are you there? Hi. Yes. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. We are. We are very well. Do you, do you have a question for us? Yes. Um, I'm going to be 58, and I'm disabled. I'm on SSI benefits, and I was wondering when I'm 65, other than going on Medicare Part B, do I need to apply for anything different? So, Mary, are you collecting SSI or Social Security Disability it's, Benefits? It's SSI. SSI, yep. But so, I'm, I'm not 65, so I am disabled, but it's not SSDI. Okay, okay. So, no, you're, you're fine. You just continue on that way and uh, no change. And uh, you'll just continue when you turn 65. You'll be transitioned from the SSI Disability Program to the SSI Aged Benefit Program. Um, but you don't need to do anything. You don't need to apply. That'll happen automatically, invisibly, transparently to you. Hmm. Okay, that's great. Thank you. All Take right. care, Mary. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, anyway, so we're talking you, about... You are, you are a wealth of knowledge, Chris. Well, and fully half of it's accurate today. I'm having a good day. Um, so we were talking about working. And so, again, under full retirement age, earnings limitation. But the important thing is once you reach your full retirement age month... There's no longer any earnings limitation whatsoever. You can work and earn as much money as you'd like and collect payments at the same time if you choose to do so. Full retirement age on. Um, so it's a a one dollar reduction for every two dollars over that seventeen six forty threshold. Over the seventeen thousand. Yep. Um, yep. And then in the there's a there's a three a one for three and in the and what is that yeah and and in the year you attain your full retirement age if you're looking to collect benefits for the months from January to the month before you hit your full retirement age um, there's a more generous test that'll, that's allowed you're allowed to make up to forty four thousand dollars and change without any loss in benefits if you choose to do so but trade off obviously is if you start to collect early you're taking a lower payment amount for the rest of your life. Right. But right. if you make over that 44, yeah, it's a one for three rate. But that's one. only during the year you reach your full retirement age, and it only applies to months from January to the month before you hit full retirement age, because full retirement age on, no earnings limitation whatsoever. We have another another caller. Uh, we have Teresa in Marshfield. Uh, Teresa? Good morning. Uh, good morning. <laughs> um, I take care of my mother's financial um, stuff. Uh, she is disabled and she's getting half of my father's income, Social Security, because um, she's on, she started taking it early um, because of her disability. And my stepmother is about to become the age where she collects Social Security. And I'm wondering, will that have any impact on my mom? So I know that um, it has to do with spouses that were married for 10 years, you know, are able to get half Social Security of their ex-spouse. Sure. 
Um, great question. And uh, in terms of divorce spousal benefits, the law treats divorce spouses absolutely, totally, completely, independently from anyone else on the record. So your stepmom okay. becoming eligible, not going to have any impact whatsoever on your mom's social security payments. No reduction whatsoever. Treated absolutely, totally, completely, independently. Your mom will continue to get what she's getting. Your stepmother will co collect whatever she's entitled to. They won't offset or won't impact each other whatsoever. That's good to hear. Thank you so much. All right, pleasure. Thank you. Take care, Teresa. Uh, we have another caller. Ooh. Oh, they're flying. When it in. rains, it pours. Uh, we have John and Pembroke. John, are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning. Okay, I, I, I just have one quick question. I'm turning 70 this year. Congratulations. And <laughs> Thanks. And I'm working full time, and I enjoy do, do, doing my job. Uh, so I don't r r really plan on quitting. Uh, I so 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 should I just mm -hmm. apply for for, uh, for 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 social security when I turn seventy and start collecting it as well as working, or or should I ignore so, so, so social security until I absolutely stop working? Well, uh, you know, I will offer an opinion, and we had touched on earlier, John, that. By having waited from your full retirement age of 66 up until age 70, you have been accruing these delayed retirement credits. Your benefit has been growing by two-thirds of percent for each month you haven't collected. That's an 8% per year increase. Once you turn age 70, though, there are no additional increases in your payment if you happen to not collect them. So entirely your choice, but recognize that by waiting past age 70 before you start to collect, you're not gonna see any higher monthly payment than you would receive at age 70. Now, absent if you continue to work and pay into the system, which maybe we'll have talk on if we have some time, but basically no sense in really waiting past age 70 because it's not gonna increase your benefit. But Kirk, maybe you can talk from a financial perspective. Well, uh, John, uh, so what month do you turn 70? September. September. So I was just going to, just from a detail point of view. So, I, I, you know, barring anything, you know, abnormal, I, I definitely think you should apply for benefits to, to, to start at 70, um, you know, barring anything outside of the normal. Um, and in order to do that, you need to go, you know, apply probably a month or two months. You uh, can apply a maximum of three months in advance of the month you turn age 70. So three months in advance of September is anytime June 1st on, you can apply for benefits. Payments will become, become effective with September. People need to remember Social Security benefits paid one month in arrears. So your September payment will be sent to you in October, John. But uh, yeah, no reason not to wait. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason not to wait, John. And yeah, so as Kurt just said, you know, sometime around, you know, as early as June is when you should go ahead and, you know, submit that application so that everything starts, you know, on time. In, in, on time. Yep. Yep. You, now, you don't have to do it three months in advance, but you can't do it any earlier than three months in advance. The other okay. thing to remind folks, John, for you as well, and anyone over full retirement age, another important issue, if you're under full retirement age, you can't be paid any earlier than the month you apply for benefits. No retroactivity any earlier than the month you apply. But for folks who are over the age, over full retirement age at the time they apply, there's the poss possibility of receiving up to six months of retroactive payments based on that application date, but nothing any earlier than full retirement age month. So John, for example, you could wait six months after September, apply then, asked to receive payments going back 
to September and not end up losing anything. But if you're over full retirement age, you do have the option for up to six months of retroactive benefits being paid at the time you apply. Nothing any earlier than the month you hit full retirement age. But anyone under full retirement age, no retroactivity any earlier than the month you actually apply. Okay, so so if 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 I ignored uh, applying uh, for for Social Security till uh, say next January, which would be three three months deep beyond my seventieth birthday, I would get that three months retroactively. If you asked for it, yes, you could. You know, you could ask again. You could apply in January and say, "I want my payments to start in January." I mean, there's no reason to do that. But yeah, if you ask, you can be paid retroactively to September. Absolutely right. Oh, okay, great, great. Yeah, because uh, to to be honest, the uh, re- 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 reason I've, I've waited this long is because I've been uh, too too late, lazy to 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 go out and apply and and uh, and, and seriously think about retiring. Well, so, you know, and that's an important point, John. People need to understand the decision to collect Social Security benefits and the decision to retire from work, two entirely separate issues. They can be made independently. Again, once you hit full retirement age, you can continue to work and be paid Social Security benefits at the same time and uh, no impact from those earnings. And, uh, you know, the other thing is you, for someone under full retirement age, for example, you turn age 62, you could retire but opt to wait till full retirement age to collect. Two separate decisions. John, can I ask you one other question? Oh, no, that's, that, that's it. Thank you very much. Okay. Ian. All right. Thank you. I um, I was just going to say, I was going to ask him if, um, you know, if he was married, um, you know, if he uh, had... Oh, is he still no, here? No, uh, I'm still, still here, so sorry. Oh. Uh, I, I was... Uh, my wife had passed away uh, five years ago, and uh, that that that, that uh, for, for probably part of the reason I'm still working because it gives me something to do. Okay, well, so, sorry to hear that. Um, I don't know if there's anything from that point of view, from a social security point of view. So, John, had your wife worked under the social security program? Uh, yes. So, you know, you could have been receiving Social Security widowers benefits, survivor benefits based on her work record. Did you ever investigate that? I um, I looked at uh, her for her getting a disability just before she passed away. And and she got disability benefits for, I think it was two months. Uh, but, but, but beyond that, no, because I just... You know, I I I, nope. I I live a simple, cheap life, so okay. I just don't need the money. I just don't care. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Is there anything well, retroactive so, so, or anything? Yeah. Um, well, the problem was probably if she passed away five years ago, he was under his full retirement age of 66 and working. So there may not have been anything due him then because of his work activity. Okay. Um, but John, you could right now apply and receive up to six months of retroactive widower's benefits. And then at age 70, the September apply for your own retirement benefit going forward. So, uh, you know, I think uh, as much as six months of retroactive widower's benefits could be paid to you if you apply this month. 
So yeah, so there is there is some money out there. There is some money out there you could that potentially collect yep. on, in, in you know, uh, while you're waiting on your own benefit. And I think probably f- for you, probably the best thing to do is probably make an appointment to go to the Social Security office uh, and you know talk to a live person and you know explain the situation. Yep. Okay. That is great. Thank you again for the information. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you for the call. Okay. Bye. Take care. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's continue. We're, we're talking about yeah. working and retirement. Yeah. Uh, and and so full retirement age on, no earnings limitation. People often ask though, I'm retired, but I'm working. I don't have to pay social security tax, do I? Mm. Well, yes, indeed. If you're in a job covered by social security, you will pay FICA tax on those earnings. But the good news for you is, as I mentioned before, your benefits calculated by averaging your highest 35 years of work under the system. It isn't necessarily your first 35, it isn't necessarily your last 35. So as long as you continue to work and pay into the program and those earnings are higher than the lowest of the 35 years that Social Security had been using to calculate your benefit, well, the great news is end of the year, you file your tax return, Social Security doesn't match. They will automatically recompute your benefit drop out the lowest of the 35 years, plug in that new higher year, results in a benefit increase for you going forward. This ability to increase your payment through additional work activity, it continues forever. Delayed retirement credits stop at 70, as we mentioned, but if you're 75, 80, 85, you're still working, paying into the program, and those earnings are higher. earning more, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. your benefit's gonna go up no matter how old you are. The other bit of good news, frankly, about working after full retirement age, it never hurts. So you've been a high-priced executive, but in retirement, you're working at the Marshfield Golf Club, driving the beer cart around or something like that, making a couple of thousand dollars. Well, probably going to be lower than the lowest you've had 35 years. So what happens to your payment going forward? Nothing. Stays but, the same. But you're outdoors having but fun. But you're outdoors having fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so work, ne- you know, after full retirement age, work never hurts. It can only potentially increase your payment if those earnings are higher than the lowest of the 35 inflation adjusted years. I wanted to ask you about the, um, going back to the, you know, if you're if you're younger than full retirement age, collecting, still working, yep. and you're, you're earning more than that that allowable amount, the 17,640, so you're above and beyond that, and so they're, re- you know, they're holding back, you know, they're reducing your your payments, uh, the, one for, the one for every $2 yep. above, what happens to that money that, that they're holding back? Sure. Do you and ever see that money? Does that Where does that go? That's a, that's a great question. And, and uh, it's more probably, do I ever get the money back? And, and right. the answer is, well, you don't get it back in terms of a cash payout. What was the old Yogi Berra line? They give you cash, which is just as good <laughs> as money or something like that. Um, but here's what happens. Think about it this way. So let's say you've got a full retirement age of 66 and you opt to start collecting at age 62 so your benefit to start is 75% of your full retirement age. That 75% rate is set based on an assumption that you're going to be collecting each and every month from age 62 until your full retirement age of 66. So your payment's reduced by that roughly half a percent per month. But let's say there's a period of time when you go back to work and you earn over the allowed amount so that there is say a 12 month period between 62 and 66 when you don't collect your social security payment because you've earned more than the allowed amount. Well, the good news is at full retirement age, social security does go back and re-examine your record and says, hey, you know what? And I'm paraphrasing you. Hey, you know what? We had set this 
person's benefit rate based on the assumption that they were going to collect each and every month from the point they started at 62 right up until full retirement age. In our example, they'll go, hey, they didn't collect for all 48 months. They only collected for 36 months in our example. Well, at that point, Social Security will adjust the person's benefit rate upward or looked at slightly differently, reduce the amount of the reduction so that their ongoing rate is going to be as if they had started collecting at age 63 instead of age 62. So they see an adjustment in their payment actuarially, meaning their benefit is now higher for the rest of their lives. They don't see the money, again, paid back to them in, in cash, but they see their benefit rate adjusted. So in the end, the reduction over someone's full retirement age amount is only for the number of months that they actually collected prior to full retirement age. So that adjustment is done once at full retirement age. So again, that permanent reduction only for the number of months you actually collect payments. Okay. Um, Spouses, divorced spouses. Sure, we've touched on that a little bit. I know we've touched touched on it, maybe just go over it one more time to yep. summarize. And, yep. Yeah, and again, programs absolutely, totally, completely gender neutral. Um, but uh, for, for illustration today, so we don't get caught up in he and she and things like that and, and lose the references, we'll assume it's the husband is the higher earner, the wife, the lower earner. But again, it works equally well the other way. But, you know, spousal benefits, the wife is eligible to collect a spousal benefit equal to 50% of the husband's full retirement age amount or her own one amount to the other, whichever one is higher. For that spouse, spousal payment to be paid, the husband needs to be collecting, needs to be collecting. The wife needs to be at least age 62, earliest age spousal benefits can be paid no different than regular retirement benefits. If the wife in our example is at her full retirement age, that's when she gets the full 50%. If she's younger than that, payment amounts reduced just as someone's own retirement benefit is reduced if you start to claim it early. And it's an important point, payment is based on 50% of the husband's full retirement age amount, not necessarily 50% of what the husband may actually be collecting. So he's deferred till age 70. So he's getting 132% of his full retirement age amount. She's still only going to get 50% of that full retirement age amount. But again, or her own, one or the other, whichever one is higher. Right. Divorced spouses, and we had a call about this, law says for a divorced spouse to collect, The marriage needs to have lasted at least 10 years prior to the divorce, 10 years prior to the divorce, for that divorced spouse to collect. And again, in our example, it's a she. She cannot be married. The ex can have remarried without impacting her ability to collect on him, but she cannot be married. Thirdly, has to be at least age 62. Same earliest age for divorced spouses for regular spousal benefits. But there is one advantage given to divorced spouses that doesn't apply if the marriage is still intact. I mentioned for spousal benefits to be paid, the husband needed to be collecting before the wife could collect. But the law says in case of divorce, as long as both of them are at least age 62 and the divorce was finalized at least two years ago, she can collect as a divorced spouse based on the ex-husband's work record, even if he has not yet started to collect. Both have to be 62 or older, divorce finalized two years ago. She can collect off of him even if he hasn't started collecting. And basic rate, same as if the marriage were intact, 50% of the full retirement age amount or her own one or the other. Survivor benefits we touched on, 
basic rate, a hundred percent of what the deceased was collecting or the individuals own one or the other. Widows and widowers can collect a little bit sooner. They can start to collect as early as age 60. But again, collecting prior to full retirement age, you're getting a lower amount. Now, one point, and then I'll let you jump back in. It's important to note, like we were talking about with John, the last caller, yes, you collect on one account or the other at a time. You don't collect both your own retirement benefit and a survivor benefit, but it's possible to sequence the collection and collect on one and then switch over to the other. So John, for example, prior caller, could collect a survivor benefit based on his deceased wife's work record and then at age 70 switch over to his own. And you could do it the other way. You know, you could collect your own retirement benefit first and switch over to a survivor benefit. You collect on one or the other at a time. You don't get both full amounts at once, but it is possible to strategize and sequence the collection. The important thing is you defer collecting your own retirement benefit past full retirement age. You accrue those delayed retirement credits and your benefit grows for each month you don't take it. There's no equivalent increase in the survivor payment. So the amount you'd get at full retirement age is the same as you'd get if you wait a year or, or, or whatever. So a lot of moving parts in here, but in terms of survivor benefits, it is possible to sequence the collection, collect on one account, and then switch to another, but you never get both amounts at once. I th- Yeah, I just wanted to clarify for, for the, so for the survivor. So, yep. you know, married couple, um, married couple, let's say, you know, the husband is a little, little bit older, you know, he's collecting, you know, he's, let's say he's, you know, 70, uh, he's collecting, you know, his amount. And if the, so if the, if the surviving spouse, the, you know, the wife is, you know, 64 when he passes away, uh, does she get, does she still get a hundred percent of what he was getting or is it reduced because she has not reached her full retirement age? It is the latter. So okay. if she were at her full retirement age, she'd get 100% of what he was collecting. If she opts to collect it at age 64 because she is under her full retirement age, that survivor benefit reduced by same roughly half a percent per month because she's claiming it early. Now, the important thing is at age 64, she doesn't have to take She could defer. If, absolutely. If, if, she, if she had that If she latitude, had the option yeah, and, yeah, and, and, yeah, and the right, wherewithal to right. do that and the money and things like that, she certainly could. She could. For example, at age 64, say she's collecting her own retirement benefit, she could continue to collect that own reduced retirement benefit and then at her full retirement age, apply for the survivor payment and that's when it would be paid at its highest rate. Right, yeah, or if she was still working, making making decent money, because uh, yep. then she'd have that two for one reduction uh, if she was- And, um, so, and right. so a strategy in, in this right. example, she's still working at her full retirement age, even if she's still working, work and earnings no longer impact her ability to collect, strategy and option. She files for the survivor benefit then, receives that money, is able to be paid that even though she's still working. Meanwhile, she defers collecting her own retirement benefit so that her benefit accrues those delayed retirement credits, grows and grows, and then at age 70, files for her own retirement benefit, her payment's 32% higher. She had a full retirement age of 66, 32% higher than it would have been had she started at 66, but she'd have been receiving this widow's payment in the meantime, which she was able to collect even though she was working because she was at her full retirement age. That's why it's so important to know what someone's full right. retirement age it's is because everything that's, that's flows the, That's the that. magic number. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, and you know, good things happen after that. I think, uh, Tim, maybe we'll take our last break now. We'll be right back. 